Hello and welcome to Privacy in Practice, brought to you by the Data Privacy Group. The new show talking about data privacy issues that you will face in your business and for us to share some stories about how we help our customers in the hope that it will help you. My name is Sean Wright and I am joined by my colleagues and fellow co-hosts, Ian and Peter Borner. They are the founders of the Data Privacy Group. Each time we get together, we're going to have a main topic of discussion and two segments of the show, which will be name and shame and word on the street. So let's get straight into it. We are talking about, is there a skills gap? Are we seeing a shortage of skilled, qualified and experienced data privacy practitioners that can help customers and companies navigate their way through this new data privacy era that we are living in. So, Peter, are we actually seeing a shortage of data privacy professionals? Okay, so let's just put it in perspective. May the 24th, 2018... GDPR uh, became the first new data privacy law uh, for a long time in the world. Since then, over half a million people have been registered as the data privacy officer across all of the supervisory authorities in Europe. That's a huge number. I can't, I can't believe that all of those people were... Uh, existing data privacy yeah, professionals. Difficult, difficult to comprehend, really. All those, uh, all those people. Well, yeah, yeah. There's two. There's two things you have to ask yourself: is is did each firm do a proper determination to see whether they were required to have a data privacy law, or have they elected to have uh, sorry, a data privacy officer, or have they elected to have uh, one anyway? There's nothing wrong with that. But um, yeah, there is the question as to whether these DPOs are you know, required under the regulation, but. Uh, but but secondly, it's great to see that firms are taking data privacy seriously. You know, the, the the GDPR is often talked about as being the gold standard for um, for data privacy. And as the new laws come out, I mean, take a look at LGPD in Brazil. It's not finalised yet, but it's pretty much a copy of uh, of, of the GDPR. Take a look at uh, the CCPA in California. A number of differences, but they're all trying to do the same thing, and I applaud governments for that. It would be great to see some commonality, some much closer commonality. But you know, as it is, lots of uh, countries, lots of jurisdictions are bringing out data privacy laws, and there is clearly a shortage of uh, of skilled professional staff. Colleges and universities are starting to put courses together uh, to train people from to get into data privacy. You've got to applaud that. For the immediate need. Yeah, but, but, but really it's about experience. Yeah. It's about having experience of business, of risk. Um, Operations. Of, yeah, compliance uh, yeah, and bringing that all together uh, to underpin your privacy stance in your firm. And that takes experience. And you can, you can see the shortage, um, sort of clear shortage, just by looking at the, the jobs advertised on LinkedIn. We, I've been tracking data privacy jobs on LinkedIn since about October. Um, back then, in the UK, there was about 15,000 data privacy jobs, which, which in itself is, is a huge amount. However, forward to today, I think we're about 45,000, close on 45,000 jobs in the UK, well over 100,000 data privacy jobs advertised in, uh, in the States, and almost a quarter of a million jobs um, advertised worldwide. So 
So I think. To, so once to, you're qualified and you've got the experience, there's going to be plenty of work out there for you. So it's a good industry or um, good career path choice. But still, it's going to take a while for these people to get trained and get ready. So what a company's going to do? So, so just just to put some perspective in those numbers, they are privacy related jobs. So, you know, they will be everything from data privacy practitioners, DPOs, you know, right the way through to privacy counsel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, it, it covers the whole uh, thing. But you're absolutely right. It's a great opportunity for people to to get into a new industry. Um, and if you compare that with some of the the big applications, your SAPs, so now those kind of uh, applications the same thing happened uh, you know the, the the demand for 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 qualified people you know just burgeoned and it's what's happening now with with data privacy mm-hmm. lots of people got trained up but it took a long time uh, for people to be trained up and be experienced and you know good at what they do uh, uh, and um, you know, so what happens in that that intervening time is is demand um, is is difficult to fulfil. So the uh, the people that are experienced can charge more and more money for for that, and it increases the price of uh, you know, of, of of that supply chain. And then didn't you didn't one of our, uh, one of your clients recently? How many people have they trained up that are then? left yes we've seen it actually seen with quite a few of our clients um they've come to us with with an issue that they had either um hired brought somebody in had to train them up on business processes or um train somebody up from internally around data privacy practitioner um so but i mean so does that mean that the fact that it's people can charge a premium is that encouraging people to leave and yeah, i mean it's kind of a good thing it's a good career to move to get into but also bad that companies are forced with maybe having to train to no, exactly exactly that sean that we've we've had we've seen people as i said they've, they've trained people up or they've brought people in and and that's obviously a cost of the business but those individuals are saying are seeing these hundreds of thousands of privacy roles advertised on LinkedIn and are, are getting trained and then moving moving elsewhere. They're either going to find a better paid job somewhere else or, as a lot of people have done, started to uh, set up their own privacy. Yeah, and you practice. can't really blame One-man one operations, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And, 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 of course, you know, it, this, is not, this is nothing new. As I mentioned earlier about SAP and, uh, uh, and other products, ServiceNow, for example, that level of churn yeah, is, happens naturally because of the supply and demand issue. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And you know, it will only get solved by bringing in people from the bottom end and training them up. But that necessarily takes time and when you're talking about compliance when you're talking about regulatory issues and so on when you're talking about the ICO will fine you a sizable amount of money if you get it wrong yeah and the ICO is just the UK yeah you know Canal in France and so on you know 28 different uh, supervisory authorities for the GDPR plus then you know you get into other jurisdictions everyone's got a, a supervisory authority and you've got to you, you've, you've got to be able to defend your position with them uh, the, you've got to bring people in but how long does it take to get them trained and how certain can you be and what happens is is that firms 
Yeah, they're, while they're doing this training, what they're doing is they're leaning on um, either internal counsel if they're big enough, or we've even seen situations where uh, non-specialist law firms are jumping on the bandwagon of uh, GDPR and offering advice, and you know, and they're charging lots of money for it uh, and they're just seeing it as an opportunity but they're learning on the job as well so the big data privacy practices their rates are going up as well because it's just a slight supply and demand issue yeah and you know i've just thought as it came to me you know we talk about and we've heard we hear about companies trying to implement a privacy culture throughout the company from top to bottom but that should also include the people you're training up oh of course looking after them of course and and you know Firms that put their, their, their customers, their clients, at the centre of their business and are transparently um, you know, uh, protecting the, that customer's data are, are firms that are winners in this game. And who wants to do business with a firm who, who is constantly breaching? The word for me is trust. People, everyone across the globe is way more savvy with how they want their data handled, how they expect their data to be handled. And if you can, if you find a company that you trust, they, they're going to win. In they're this, asking in this the question, aren't they? What are you doing with my data? Exactly. We'll go back to the Cambridge Analytica issue. I mean, Cambridge Analytica were oh, a, a big firm, okay, and, you know, making you know, a, a, a decent profit. And, and where are they now? Exactly. Right. Yeah. 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 Nobody will go near uh, Cambridge Analytica because of you know the data privacy issue, and and it was really a misuse of personal data. Yeah. Yeah. And the companies right. that they helped that got drawn into that, they're all over the news now as well. Absolutely. The yeah. elections, Facebook, in, in the elections in uh, the US as well. It's it's still something that rears its ugly head. Yeah. And it's all about trust. You're absolutely right, Ian. Yeah. Okay, so we have you know a long-term kind of solution, which is embed culture, look after the people that you're training, let's promote this as a career opportunity and train people up. But the laws aren't slowing down, so what are companies supposed to do in the meantime? Well, whilst you're waiting for that, that talent and that, there's one thing to have the knowledge, but the experience is, is key to go along with that, isn't it? So what do companies do in the meantime? There are two schools of thought. Yes, bring people in internally, train them up, um, get your um, either your internal counsel or out, outside counsel in to, to help with that, um, getting your policies and procedures in place, and then the culture will follow. And uh, that's a very, very long game, incredibly expensive. I think one other option and one very, very good option is to outsource a privacy office. Can you find a company that you can bring in to help you manage those policies, uh, manage your policies, manage your procedures? And, and take that compliance worry off your hands. Yeah, I think that um, that we have to be careful about self promotion because obviously that's what <laughs> not we at all. Do. It's our podcast. So yeah, no, I get that. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. But 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 you know, you're right. You either do it internally or you do it externally. And my advice would be, if you're going to do it externally, make sure you choose wisely. Make sure you do your diligence. You know, find a firm that. That, that, that's got experience that can fast track you and so on um, because as we said earlier there are a lot of very small one man bands small companies that you know, 
actually don't have the depth of experience and uh, you know, and it's not just experience in data privacy law mm. it's experience in multiple data privacy laws and it's experience in you know business and risk and m and i and all the other things that form part of the landscape of, of skills and experience that you need as a company. Um, there are some great firms out there that do it. We like to count ourselves in as one of those firms. Absolutely. But that is the principle with outsourcing. You know, it can be uh, a great option for companies depending on your setup and your size, but do your due diligence? Do your checking? That goes yep. with any service that you're going to outsource. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. Well, we could talk about that for, for, for quite a while, but I'm conscious of time. We need to keep moving. So let's move on to the next segment, Name and Shame. Who's on the naughty step in the privacy world this week? And Peter, I believe you've got an example that happened just today, have you not? Well, it, it's was, quite timely. It, it was actually a couple of days ago. But, um, but first of all, I will say that while we've called this slot Name and Shame, this particular incident I'm not prepared to name uh, and for the simple reason that... Um, yeah, it's a it's a minor minor issue, but it shows you it's a good example of of what you can do wrong very easily. Not too true. Uh, and and the issue is is that a couple of days ago, um, uh, the broadband provider uh, that that su- supplies the circuits into this office um, emailed me and about four hundred other people uh, with a with a, a, a marketing message, uh, and the employee in their uh, marketing department uh, put 400 email addresses mm-hmm. in the two box uh, so everyone got shared uh, you know names and email addresses and so on now of course it's minor um, and yeah and we're not particularly worried about it but what happened as a consequence of that was there were hundreds of emails going around because everyone decides to reply all and say, is this not a GDPR issue? Uh, it's it's uh, like you've just been put into a new WhatsApp group. And, exactly. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, so, so that's just a, a, you know, an example of a simple mistake that one of your employees can make that breaches data. Now, if it had been more than just a marketing message, it had been data, real data, uh, being pushed out, then um, then that could have been a much more serious issue. So that's a firm that really has not done their education and training uh, of their employees properly. I want to, I just want to say that, that that there is there is a an additional edge to this particular one because mm. three or four months ago I wrote to that company and I I did a, a subject access request uh, and didn't get the information that I expected to get. Uh, they were quite aggressive to me. Um, and so I said, fine, uh, here's a deletion request, a stop processing request, and everything else I could think of to, you know, to remove all of my data from their system other than the uh, information that they are required to hold to service the contract that we have between us. So why did I get a marketing message? Exactly. Why because they you? wrote back to me and said, your data has been deleted. Well, they clearly hadn't been deleted. They just wrote back to me. Um, now, that to me is a much more serious breach, uh, and it shows that they don't take data privacy particularly seriously. And that's just how that's a great example of how easy it is to get caught out. Oh, yeah. And if you're not taking it seriously, you don't know... There, there could be a uh, hundred data privacy professionals within that group, and you didn't know it. And that's how easy it could be to get caught out and get reported. Yep. I mean, it's interesting because my email address 
yeah, yeah. is at the data privacy group.com. <laughs> so you would think that there was a big indicator yeah. that uh, that that just a little bit about data privacy. Okay, well, no name uh, internet provider company. Get yourself sorted, uh, otherwise you could be in some serious trouble. And that goes for everybody else. If you're not taking it seriously, it is time to, because there are fines on the way if you're not. Um, Moving on again to the next segment, word on the street. What's the news on the street, Ian? What have you heard? What rumours are going around? Okay. So first of all, I'll say this is completely unsubstantiated, um, but came up in conversation with a, with one of our clients last week. Um, we're actually, for this client, running a, a cookie, cookie compliance project, um, and they had heard um, on the grapevine that the ICO had, um, that had engaged one of the big four, EY, we think, um, but again, like I say, it can't be substantiated. I can't find anything online. Um, to take a look at UK-based companies' external-facing web properties, so um, websites, um, and to, to look at whether they are compliant um, with regards to their cookie strategy and also their um, wow. external-facing privacy notices. Wow. Is that allowed to happen? Oh, well, absolutely, um, and and from from the ICO perspective, that could be seen as that, that's low hanging fruit, and yeah. uh, uh, it's a lesson to any company out there to to make sure that anything that they have that is external facing is compliant. Well, that, I suppose these are the basics. Exactly. It, yeah. If you don't stick your head above the parapet and give the ICO a reason to come digging then you're in a much better, more defensible position. So, as a company, if I'm worried about my, you know, whether my uh, cookies are being um, uh, placed on, on, on uh, machines compliantly or not, uh, how do I do that? The way that we do it is um, it, we, we're OneTrust experts, so we use the OneTrust tool for it. But if you, if you don't use OneTrust, then um, there's a, a tool called CookieBot, Mm-hmm. And if you go to cookiebot.com, you can uh, run a scan of your your website, and it will tell you whether your your um, your website is um, uh, compliant for cookie handling. If it's that easy, just think how easy it is for the ICO, EY, whoever it is, to run thousands of scans. They haven't got to pay lots of highly experienced people. They can they can do this uh, with uh, admin staff. They get the report, and if you're not compliant, you know, it can be automated in terms of sending you an enforcement notice. And if they run it again you know, three or four weeks later and you're still not compliant, you're going to get a fine. That's, of course, if the rumour's true. Oh, no, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But... The thing is, it's easily fixable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you, you know, when we're when we're approaching companies as prospective clients, what's the first thing we do? We look at whether they've got a good uh, you know, external facing privacy stance. So we take a look at their privacy notice. We take a look at uh, you know the way they handle consent uh, on any of the forms on their website, and we take a uh, we run a, a scan over their website to see if uh, if their cookies are, are compliant because that's a good indication to us if they need our help or not. Yep, absolutely. Okay, well, get the basics right because if the rumours are true, we've got, be maybe we've got a minute. I've got one other rumour. 
Go on uh, then. Which I heard the other day. Come on, yeah, we Again, like completely unsubstantiated. Uh, <laughs> if I could say it properly, I'd be okay. Um, my, uh, I heard a rumour that um, that the ICO is comparing their list of companies that have paid the data processing fee uh, with the list of companies registered on Companies House. And if if you're not on both lists, then um, they're looking to write to you and find out why you haven't paid the data processing fee. It's not expensive, 30, 40 pounds for a small company, 100 or so pounds for a larger company. Uh, but if you haven't done it, I would suggest that you do it. So the ICO either had a very extravagant Christmas party or they're responding to all the, are they enforcing the law uh, kind of comments that have been going around. So we'll leave that to you to decide which it is. But uh, do the basics get it right, and save yourself some, some fines from the ICO. Well, chaps, uh, I'm afraid that's all we've got time for today, so we're going to have to wrap things up. But thank you for joining me, and thank you to the listeners for joining us on our very first show. If you liked what you heard, please tune in again next time, probably in about a couple of weeks' time, where we will be posing the question, where does cybersecurity end and privacy begin? Um, And in between now and then, if you'd like to keep up with all the latest data privacy news and articles, then please feel free to go to our website, thedataprivacygroup.com. We're also very heavy users on LinkedIn, so you can always touch base with us on there. But once again, thank you very much, and we look forward to you joining us next time. This has been Privacy in Practice, brought to you by the Data Privacy Group. (laughs) 